So the work that I do is not only to coach adults and individuals and uh, do consulting work with that demographic of people. Um, It's also to work with the children and also with the teenagers. And that always, always, always comes from the parents. So even if parents come to me with kids who need some help or have some big health condition, uh, usually I'm working with the parents and helping the parents to coach their own families. And so today I really wanted to talk about how we can do that, how we plant seeds and teach self-care to your children. Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. Okay, so we're not only talking about children here, we're talking about teens. Children are actually a little bit easier, actually, because they want to do what mom and dad do. You guys are the heroes, we're the, you know, we're the ones that they want to be like. And then once they get to be teenagers, maybe not so much. <laughs> so today, I'm talking about planting seeds, teaching self-care to your children, but we're going to really focus on teens today. And you can sort of slot children in wherever you want to, those younger ones, because um, they do have some of the similar issues. It's just that we need a little bit of a tighter rein on on those little ones, and they're a little more apt to let us have that. Because, you know, toddlers are going to be running into the streets. We're going to want to hold on to their hand a little tighter. Um, You know, three-year-olds or five-year-olds can't really make that decision on what the right food is to eat that's most healthful. They're going to want to eat the stuff that tastes good. So um, our teenagers are the ones that are starting to make a little bit more uh, decisions for themselves that are more autonomous. And we really actually want to encourage that. We want them to be healthy, whole, capable human beings. We want them to make their own decisions because if we show them that we're the only authority and that other people who are quote unquote in their authority um, uh, position over their lives, then how do they ever learn to think for themselves? But there is this challenge in those adolescent years where they're not always thinking about the future. They're not always um, stopping to think before they act. So I just want to talk about a little bit more about that today. All right. So, okay, yeah, remember when you were an adolescent. I mean, that's the first thing to do when you were unbreakable and thought that 50 was old. (laughs) And now that you are 50 or closing in on 50 or over 50, you feel like you've only just begun. That's how I feel for sure. (laughs) I'm 46 and I feel like, man, I am? (laughs) How is that? I feel like I've just begun. Um, You are no longer a child who thought you could jump off of a cliff and not think about the consequences, but you could jump off a cliff and not care about the consequences. See, see the difference? You are not carefree, but perhaps a little careless, a little reckless, rebellious, saying, bring it on, I'm not afraid, even when you were just a little. So our teenagers challenge themselves and they challenge us in every way. Although they say they don't want our help, they need us still. They demand our attention, they want for us to be there when they want us, but not be there in their faces when they want to be on their own. 
And in this quest for independence, because this is really what we want them to do, right? Just like I just said, we want them to become capable, self-reliant people. They don't always do the things we want them to do. Sometimes they don't take care of themselves the way we would, we would take care of them or the way we want them to take care of themselves, right? So in my house, for example, my kids know that they need to eat right and get enough sleep and lay off the electronics and get some exercise. They know that, but do you think they always do it or even me? No. <laughs> this is why we parents have honest conversations like this to problem solve, to find ways to encourage and guide our children while letting them become themselves independent of us. Um, so being the optimist that I am, I know that it is possible to make it through the teen years with both parent and child alive and intact. I know that the best success I have ever had with my own kids and with other families just like ours is to remember a few key points and to act on what we find. Okay, so first, again, we're always addressing what the problem is so that we can unearth the possibilities, the possibilities for um, rebalancing, reconnecting, and moving in a better direction, right? So what's the problem? As I've said many times, and as you're starting to hear from more and more, hear from me more and more, people are concerned about children's and teen health. Our kids are not that well, okay? So they are often tired and sick and stressed and have sleep problems, skin problems, mental health issues, digestion problems, and are even succumbing to bigger issues such as cancers, diabetes, autoimmunity, autism, and ADHD in increasing numbers, like really staggeringly concerning numbers. Um, poor health directly relates to learning difficulties, uh, low self-esteem, stressful relationships, and lack of happiness and satisfaction with life. This is alarming, and parents want to know how to stop it. So if you're a parent of a teen, a kid who is no longer a child but is not yet an adult, you know that gone are the days when you have your little gaggle of ducklings waddling behind you. They're imprinting, following, and doing everything you lead them to do. You are now in the business of herding cats, each one deciding to go their own way, sometimes indifferent to your efforts, sometimes hiding from you, and sometimes outright running away. I've had all of those things happen, <laughs> despite what I thought was a valiant effort to uh, prevent that. But when you have, ha have what they need and want, they are right at your side. Isn't that the truth? So like cats, it, it's a, all about free will with teenagers, and rightly so. So keeping your teens healthy involves teaching them how to care for themselves. Teens need to be guided and encouraged to practice self-care. At least that is my belief that they need to be guided and encouraged, encouraged to practice self-care rather than instructed or you know, forced to do so. So when your kids are not always making the best decisions regarding their health or if they make mistakes, but everyone else was eating pizza mom and I'm sick of being different, uh, make sure that you tell them that one, number one, is you don't think that they are doing anything wrong. And more importantly, they are not broken. Okay, so they need to know that there is nothing wrong with them if they have health issues, weaknesses, wants and desires that are not healthy, because we all do. The practice is to learn to value what elevates their health and devalue what takes away from what they want in life. So for a teenager, that may be clear skin or a healthy weight, that may be strength, energy, or good performance in their sports or studies, whatever floats their boat, whatever their goals are, it's important for them to know that, well, hey, if you want that, 
you need to be in good shape. You need a meat suit. You need that body working. This is the only body you have in this life. So might as well take care of it. Might as well take care of your mind. Might as well enjoy the ride. Be happy in your life. So how is how are you going to, what are you going to do? What choices are you going to make to ensure that that happens? So when giving your teens some guidance about their own self-care, no. Number one, when less is more. This is when they are not open to your old people opinions and want to figure things out on their own or when they simply don't care to hear about what you may want to share. So I think be respectful of this and whatever you do, don't take it personally. Think about what it might be like if someone was always telling you what they thought you should do, even if they were right. You would tell them to blow it out their old wazoo or maybe less nice words, <laughs> more ex- expletives maybe uh, in place of that, those words just now. So unsolicited advice is never received well, just isn't, even if it's meant well, even if it's, you know, it's never received well. And I've done this so many times. It's, a, it's definitely something that I've had to learn the hard ways not to do this. Um, next one is to learn, it's to know when you need to listen. Ask them what they think they need and not always talking about what you think they need. Sometimes talking less and listening more will help your teens to figure out what you want them to discover for themselves. Thirdly, know when more is more. So this is when they need more information or are asking and open to receiving it. The best mentoring happens when a child seeks you out for help. Notice when those moments are happening, drop whatever it is you are doing and take those opportunities every single time they come, every single time. Like I mean every time. All right, so know that every teen is the center of their own attention and that's okay. <laughs> They're in a very important time of profound change and should should be focusing in. They might be selfish, they might be self-absorbed, but it isn't because they're morally bankrupt or that you haven't done a good job at encouraging good values. It's because they are just in a different headspace than we adults are. They're in a a position of self-discovery. They're moving away from the herd and testing the waters and that will change as they mature. Uh, Know that the here and now and what is important to them today is what is at the forefront of their minds. So if depressed, your teens won't care about math, would you? If struggling with their weight, they won't give two hoots about planning their future. I mean, what does that matter? If they feel awful right now, who cares? I don't care. It is your job to be concerned with these things while they are not, while they are not, and to be okay if they are not full on enthusiastic every day about everything. It is quite the act, but we parents need to balance what is important to our teens now with what you think is important for their future. Know when to encourage them and when to know that today isn't the day to push. It is key to see when math is not in the cards for today and to be able to abandon it for a walk with your teen, playing some fun games or having a good chat over a special supper. They will be better connected to you in the end, will feel heard and respected, and will learn much more about life and themselves and you than they would have learned stewing over an argument you had about finishing their math and how it will give them a future they may not even want, guys. Like, they might not even want that outcome. That's a hard pill to swallow, right? They might not even want what you want for them. Uh, Lastly, know that slow integration is the key, especially if it's about self-esteem. 
They're growing into themselves and will feel awkward and confused and insecure sometimes. Again, remember when you were a teenager, it was the end of the world if that ex-boyfriend or girlfriend saw you with a big zit on your nose or when you couldn't keep up with the rest of the soccer team. We didn't know our place in the world or our own value necessarily, right? So I remind you to connect, be gentle with them and yourself, and don't tell them everything. This is their time for discovery within limits, of course. Again, it's our job to keep them from jumping off that cliff, but do not steal that experience from them. We have had our teenhoods now step aside. And I say that in all honesty and all gentleness and all love for all parents, (laughs) because I myself have, you know, tried to say, hey, this is what I learned and maybe don't do that. Maybe do this instead. And it's really their, their time to experience their own lives. And I'll tell you, I've learned a lot from my kids that I didn't even know about myself by listening to them and watching them and how they handle their own lives. Okay, so connecting the dots. There is a trick to making those moments happen, though, (laughs) for those teens to come to you. And this involves connection. I really, truly believe in connection. And if you and your teens are disconnected, there's nothing that you can say or do that they will even remotely want to follow. If they don't think you understand them, then they won't want you to guide them. Like how they'll be like, well, you don't get me. You don't even know what I want. You don't care about me. You don't know me. How do you know what I need, right? They won't believe that you will know how, how if you can't see them, if you don't take the time to get to know them and to listen. That's, that's been, (laughs) I have a lot to say, you know, I I just, I'm one of those people, I have to speak, I find my voice, I have my own issues of teenhood where I didn't, wasn't allowed to say anything, and I, I just, I just kept talking, I kept speaking my truth, and um, I, you know, in that pursuit of being able to still speak my truth, I have to be really careful not to steal um, my children's opportunity to do the same. So more often than not, it's not with it's not them. It's not they who need to listen to us. It is us who need to listen to them. And from this connection comes trust. They will trust you and your opinions more. And if they are listening, you can let go and trust that they will make the right decisions. And we don't always even make the right decisions. And we might not even have the best advice for them either, right? We're all just human beings. We are their parents for sure. But it is more of a, of a matter of connection and listening and troubleshooting and discussion and openness that leads to a healthful life. Um, I want to say a little bit about the developing teen brain here. And it's important to note that they can only do what they are developmentally capable of. So their brains are at a different stage of development than a young child's or an adult's. And we need to recognize this and know what to expect so that we are never blaming them for their limitations and always recognizing their strengths. So expect the impulsive limbic system to be in charge much of the time. Expect them to do before thinking, but also expect them to be creative innovative and capable of anything. Self-direction is the next point I wanted to explore. So the time of adolescence is the best time to encourage a self-directed life. This way of being reinforces learning and life habits that are forming right now. And it is also very, very challenging because when you encourage autonomy, you will forever have thinking children. (laughs) So thinking children They're not controllable, right? So people who are not always in agreement, but always sure of themselves, that's what they will be. 
So again, back to herding cats. Like, can no one agree on what restaurant we go to today? Like, that's been like hair pulling out. Like, oh my God, can we just agree? You know, everybody just say, yes, mom. Yes, dad. No, 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 that's not going to happen. But, okay, this is the, this is the beautiful silver lining is when they are empowered in this way, they will be more inclined to practice self-care no matter what their friends or the people they see on TV do. They have the opportunity to live a truly autonomous life. And that might mean that we need to let go a little too. All right, so what can you teach your teens about self-care? So just like adults, teens are multi-layered, multifaceted individuals. You can teach your kids to take care of every aspect of themselves, mind, body, and soul. So here are some things for physical self-care. And these are just suggestions of things that I would, what would teach my own children and have tried to do in my experience as a parent of three kids uh, that are young adults now. Uh, All right, so teach them how to eat right. Encourage them to sleep enough and well. Give them ample opportunity for exercise. Set some guidelines and house rules to have them lay off the electronics. And that's super important to people. But I have a couple of episodes of this podcast that you can listen to for that information. And give them tools to reduce physical stress. Okay, those seem pretty simple. Um, How about the mental and emotional self-care? So let them be with friends. Um, Encourage them and give them the time to have fun. Allow them to explore their world and environment. And I actually think too, going back to the friends point, get to know their friends, right? Get their friends to enjoy being in your home and with you. And, you know, you can also be um, a bit of a, have a relationship with those people too, so that you kind of form a tribe that is um, going in the right direction, you know, in in a healthful way. Help them to take care of their emotions by first recognizing and acknowledging them and finding ways to calm, to think differently, and to de-stress. Schedule less stuff to do and more time to just be. That's, it's important for all of us. And help them to stay connected to family by doing things like having regular family meals at the table and all being responsible for cooking together. And here are some thoughts about mindset and motivation. Okay, so encourage them to consider advice and external opinions, but to always think for themselves, question and try things on. Super important. We want them to question people. We want them to question things, including things that we say and do. And sometimes when they do that, it allows us to see our old patterns and our old misbeliefs and our own limitations and shoulds and and things that hold us back. They can teach us a thing or two about trying to break free of those things ourselves. Teach them to look in, not out, or check in, not out, right? So by this, I mean that teens can be encouraged to unplug from TV, electronics, insanely busy schedules, and other distractions when in need of some centering or connection with family and or themselves. Walk in na- walks in nature are really good as our family game nights. Love that. So fun. We, we do a lot of karaoke um, space and even boredom. Leave time for creativity and self-discovery. Um, also self-expression, right? 
When teens are taught not to rely on distraction to get through their strong emotions or the opposite of this, their boredom, they are less likely to rely on unhealthy, unhealthy quick fixes that can lead to lack of happiness, depression, and addictions. So we're going to talk a lot more about addictions in future episodes, and there's one coming up that touches on this, um, deep-rooted origins of addictions, but there's going to be a lot more exploration in that regard as well. So keep listening. Um, Next point is to teach them techniques and and healthy lifestyle practices designed to reduce stress so that it does not control them, right? Kids are stressed, and why? Um, especially these days. I mean, I don't really remember being all that stressed. I mean, if there were times of like, you know, um, I guess, you know, familial uh, tragedy or trauma. Yeah, of course. I, I didn't have a, the easiest uh, childhood. Um, but it wasn't like a daily stress, 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 stress. I mean, even in school. I mean, I guess I didn't really go. <laughs> A lot to school you wouldn't believe it knowing what a nerd I am now but nope I wasn't that interested in school as a teenager um, but now it's like it's 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 tenfold this the stress these kids are under and we don't really understand that in my generation how very stressed our kids are now and they are fearful of failure some of them, and are pressured to perform and make life decisions they may not have the answers to, such as career choice and future plans. I mean, I never would have guessed I would be doing this when I was 18. You know, it's not linear. It is not linear, that journey. So many of the stressors that come from their outside world profoundly affect your teen's health. Be mindful of the stress you add to this mounting force placed on them. Ask yourself where you are adding to their stress load and be gentle, patient, and have a good look at what is really important for both both for your teens and to your teens. So what's important for them and what's important to them and what is stuff that is not important or necessary. And it takes a lot of unraveling of our own belief system, right? Observe what you've been told is important and what actually is important. Take the pressure off of yourself and your teens. And we really had a crash course in this when I was, when my children were young and my son was that age of entering school and he'd done some Montessori when he was in his preschool years, that those, that, that age, see how we, how we categorize everything into like the school system, his preschool age. So when he was between three and six, he did some Montessori and, and there I learned so much about autonomy and how children learn I know and I moved right out out of that like it just blew me out of the water how these children were learning and becoming um, dependent on themselves and self self-sufficient um, rather than having somebody else cut out their little stars and shapes and they were doing that themselves as imperfect as it might be uh, because that's how they learn if they touch stuff that's how they learn if they you know went through the process of actually doing something like making someone tea at four years old, that's how they learned. We didn't take it away and say, oh, Johnny, you're not, you're too little for this. Uh, We didn't give them knives and razor blades, but we taught them how to use them in a safe environment. So um, that taught me an exponential amount. And then from there, we went into child-led learning and a lot of, um, my kids were homeschooled. And so when we did that, we did a we had a cra- I had a crash course of de-schooling myself and de and and taking out 
um, this false notion of education and really learning that I was the one that educate my children, educates my children because I'm their mom. You know, this is just how we, it's a nature of, it's the nature of life of passing on wisdom and knowledge from the older generations to the younger ones. So when we understood that, the pressure, there was still outside pressure. Are you meeting these milestones? Are you doing what you're supposed to do? Are you doing blah, 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 blah. And then we went like, what does that matter? I, my kids are healthy, happy, whole, brilliant, ex- engaged in life, engaged in their learning, um, you know, just living life to the fullest. That's my criteria for a healthy, happy person. I know I'm an idealist, but it's true. It's true. It's true. So, so take the pressure off of yourself and your teens. That is my thought to you, um, my fellow parents. Next one is teach them to nurture themselves in this fast-paced world they were born into, and teaching them through to do this through things like meditation, mindfulness, yoga, qigong, gratitude. Um, you know, taking time in nature, taking time for themselves, self-reflection, journaling, writing, um, horseback riding, sports, whatever it is that allows them to connect with themselves, their bodies, their minds, and clear the clutter, right, of what is going on in their environments at all times, on social media, in the, in like mainstream media, TV, even in social circles and just being just inundated all the time. All right, so give them opportunity for expressive outlets like active sports, creative art classes, whatever floats their boat. Love it. Self-expression. Just be careful not to overdo their schedules and avoid having any expectations whatsoever for how they should perform. It's up to them to decide what they want to get out of their activities and to challenge themselves. These activities are not to set them up for failure or judgment, but to explore themselves and enjoy their lives. That's what it's for. It's also they can win, you know, like, oh, my kid was like the top whatever sprinter. Like, that's not the point. The point, the point is to actually push themselves and have and maybe try to up their game as far as their previous performance, maybe, or how they you know, like how they did or what they learned and how they just got better at things, but not to be better than others, to be competitive because it, you're, it's always a lose-lose situation. These experiences are for them, not their coaches and even not for their parents, even though we get very proud of our children when they are at the top of the class or top of their game. Of course we are, but it doesn't mean that that is what defines them or us. And that's the really important thing to keep in mind. Um, I just took a dance class. I took a couple of dance classes with my daughter and they were adult classes and man, I was like an elephant in the room with the one that's like a lyrical dance class and I can't remember any choreography to save my life. And I thought I was a good dancer, but not in this capacity. And the idea of performing, having being uh, less than perfect really actually sent anxiety through me. I speak all the time. I'm on this in the spotlight a lot. I'm the director. I'm the owner. I'm the leader in every single capacity of work that I do. Uh, although I'm always learning, don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm usually the one sort of at the front of the, you know, with the spotlight on me. And that idea actually made me really nervous. So uh, because it wasn't something that I, I was really good at and it made me feel like a child, like, I don't push, we don't, us adults, we rarely actually have to perform, right? We don't go out there and take dance classes and invite all our friends and family to come watch us perform or, you know, um, musical uh, classes or, you know, all those sort of like drama, whatever. 
most of us get pretty shy after our childhood years and our teen years. So here we are pushing our kids into doing these things. And you know what? Even if they do it and they like it, I think that we need to recognize how very brave they are to do this. It's beautiful. So um, again, those experiences are for them and not not for the rest of us, right? And so, um, and maybe if we really understood that and believed that and, and practiced that, um, we wouldn't be so afraid of doing those things ourselves, right? So how do we become more confident in the decisions we make regarding our teens? Because some of us are feeling a little less confident. We're looking for gurus and advice and support and we're reading books. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I'll tell you, I've got a few of my favorites right here on my bookshelf and some people that we have really deep discussions with and trying on some of these ideas and just to get better at um, things that, I mean, things that we want to be good at. Like this is one thing we really do want to be good at is parenting our children. It's become a verb. Um, so I'm not saying anything that there's anything wrong with that. But um, so I'm just acknowledging that this is a something in the forefront of a lot of parents' minds is to get more information and discussion going about these topics. Um, so how do we become more confident though, aside from, you know, <laughs> looking to others to discuss these issues with and things that we people we look up to like our elders you know um how do we guide without dictating lead without forcing how do we encourage our teens to take care of themselves and each other so that they can live healthier lives how do we do that i've got a few ideas on that encourage them to get to know themselves through space and time and exploration our teens don't learn how to be simply from advice and books, but from experience. We know this. It's even like, well, I know how to meditate. But if you don't actually experience the meditation itself, you don't actually make any change. You don't learn anything. Um, number two, consider the options and, or sorry, opinions and expertise of your own mentors, elders, and the experts and professionals, but always live by your own core values. You will never be content if you do not live by your own values and if you don't trust yourself to be in charge of your own life. You will never be satisfied with your parenting if you don't act on what you know is right for you and your children. And your teens need to grow into that sense of responsibility, that sense of empowerment as well. All right, so number three is we are all taught to fear something at some point in our lives. Don't let it get you or your teens. Don't let it get you. Although we develop fears through experience, like burning ourselves in a hot stove. Okay, I'm afraid of burning myself. Not to touch that. Good idea not to touch that. The media, our culture, our families all pass on fears to us that are not necessarily useful. Okay, some of those fears are not useful. Fear is a mechanism to keep you safe. Some of those fears are not useful. They do not keep us safe. They keep us from ourselves and our experience. And whatever you do, try not to pass on your fear to your children or your teens. And that is especially true when there is unfounded fear, right? Or things that might have happened to you, but it was like a fluke, right? Like, you know, or you're, yeah. So I'm not going to go on and on about that, but fears, um, whatever you do, try not to pass them on. Those ones that are unfounded and not useful. Like, if you quit piano, you're going to end up on the streets. I was told that. <laughs> I'm pretty 
sure that's not going to lead to that. Okay, so number four, most importantly, walk the talk. Take care of yourself. Take good care of yourself. So know that deep down, you know what is best for you and your children. You can lead by example, guide, and learn from them as well. And in those dark days when you feel frustrated and ineffectual, which I feel I felt a lot, like some days I would have some deep, deep sorrow because of the decisions one or two of my children were making that were totally contradictory or counter to what I was trying to teach them and that put them at risk, I was deeply in a state of like powerlessness, sorrow, despair, literally, sometimes. And I don't mean for weeks on end, I mean, but just, you know, that time of the day, and that was time to just, you know what, Carla, just go to bed, trust, and tomorrow's a new day, right? So in those dark days, when you feel frustrated and ineffectual, and that your kids aren't listening, when you're afraid, and that that you have made mistakes, that your precious kids are not healthy, not happy, not thriving. Know that if you are taking care of yourself and are present and are listening, you will have more good days than challenging ones. And that's, that is the truth. That is the truth, I'll tell you. So be patient with the process and with yourself and your children and your teens will do what is right for them. You have to trust that. They will choose health over suboptimal existence. They will be healthy, whole, and happy, not in a blissful way every moment of every day, which is unrealistic, but in a deeper sense of the word, a sense that they are nurturing their authentic selves and that they, are, they care enough about that self to sift through all of the demands placed on their focus and attention and put health at the front of the pack. They will thrive not because you told them to, but because they want to. So if you want a little bit more about um, maybe some of the bigger challenges uh, regarding these this idealistic <laughs> view of parenting and, and uh, planting seeds within our children for good health, um, ha- have a listen to my podcast that I recorded about mental health because there are always different variables that can uh, lead to our kids actually not even being able to or wanting to uh, perform any sort of self-care. Listen to the podcasts I'm releasing about addictions, about our culture, about our culture actually disrupting and in some instances almost destroying the family unit. These are all the deep reasons for dis-ease and discomfort. Um, and when we can uncover those things along with parenting our kids in a healthful way, um, we can really move the needle and, and allow for this good health to spring forth. So um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast about teaching self-care to your children. And this podcast is sponsored by the Healthy Family Formula which essentially means that we share our information for free. All we ask is that before you move on to the next 100 things on your to-do list for today, take what you learn and instead of waiting until Monday, January 1st, or any other arbitrary date in the future, act on it now. Buy that new food, start that new routine, shift into that healthier habit. The little steps steadily move you past the miles you leave behind you. For more information about anything related to family health, do pick up my book and check out our newsletter, blog, individual and group coaching programs, and practitioner training program at healthyfamilyformula.com. And my book is called Family Health Revolution. You can also like our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash healthyfamilyformula. You can follow us on Instagram at hff underscore revolution and follow us on Clubhouse at Empowered Family. 
Thank you for listening as it was an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you today. May you and your family be well. Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment, but is the opinion of the host. This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted health care providers, if they so choose, when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility. Thank you.